What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunk. My name is Scott, coming at you live from my home studio here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I had some uh, errors there, so if you were waiting to watch on Rumble, looks like Rumble's having issues, so whatever. We're on Rockfin, rockfin.com forward slash Rebunk. So, all right, guys, I got a fantastic solution-focused episode for you this afternoon. Very excited about it, uh, but first, before we get too far into it, I want to show you how you can follow and support the show. So, the main website is Rebunk.news. Uh, if, you, if this is your first time on the show, please go head over there, enter your uh, email address. You can get up to date uh, alerts, email alerts about anything that's going on and when I'm about to go live. Um, you'll see all the video platforms that we're on at the top. Uh, we're on all audio, audio podcast players. So make sure you subscribe wherever, wherever you listen to podcasts that we can listen on the go. Um, the, let's see. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, the social media. Telegram is probably the best place to keep up with whatever's going on here. I'm usually in there chatting with the people. So t.me forward slash rebunk news is the best way to, you know, stay involved with the the show and the community here. And then at the bottom of rebunk.news is any for value for value, value for value donation options there. You'll see. Um, let's see. So other than that, great ways to support the show. So really excited about this, you guys. So the t-shirt shop rebunk.news forward slash shirts. Also, there's a link at the very top of rebunk.news for that. Uh, we got a couple new designs that are, uh, design so this is made by adam infinitum shout out to adam he, he he's heard about my crisis with the sriracha shortage so he made me a rebump sriracha logo which is super cool i think it's hilarious if you're a listener of the show you kind of get the inside joke and then of course by popular demand you guys see this background behind me right so the t-shirt guys over at big frog t-shirt shops like okay we're making a shirt out of that so there it is so stoked about that so you guys can get your own are you threatening me uh gadson flag beavis shirt okay right Awesome. Yes. Super excited about that. So big shout out to Big Frog T-shirts. They uh, design all these designs themselves and they run this website themselves and they do it all for me for free. They're listeners of the show. Big shout out to Ryan and Amanda over there who, uh, you know, really helped me out with all of this stuff. So, you know, if you guys get a shirt, you're not only supporting the show, but you're really supporting uh, a really good group of liberty minded truth people in outside of the heart of Portland, Oregon. They're like in Beaverton. So they're like, they're going through a lot right now. So they could really, uh, you know, let's support them. Let's support them, you know, support what you love. So that's, that's awesome guys. So uh rebook.news forward slash shirts. Uh, we got the Gibson go up in case you want to do just uh you know, just a one-time donation. Also, if you want to become a monthly subscriber, you know, like a $5 recurring donation over at re uh, subscribe star, subscribe star.com forward slash rebunk. A um, couple of affiliate links. Uh, Truth TRS.com is the, uh, is the main uh, affiliate link there. Uh, for heavy metal detox spray and then uh, Richard Grove's autonomy course um, get autonomy.info or in the episode in the link below in the episode description you'll see a link to uh, take the autonomy obstacle course you can learn more about that I'm currently taking it right now we just finished week six I think it was um, just learned tons of information and really hoping to take things to the next level uh, lastly here you guys so uh, I, I'm now uh, managing the last American Vagabond Substack page and we've just been crushing out there and literally just a few minutes ago if you guys are watching this live uh, article just went live uh, by Maddie Bannon on uh, the COVID collaborator so this is part three of her COVID collaborator series and this one is fantastic um, gets into a lot of the stuff that's popping back up right now uh, particularly around like the universal flu vaccine so she goes deep into talking about how it just so happens that you know, there's a couple of companies called Pfizer and uh, 
BioNTech that just happened to be developing these uh, universal mRNA vaccines from 2018 up through 2019. You know, they just happened to be building all that infrastructure, you know, and then uh, we all saw what happened after that. So great, great, great article, fantastic research and like 60 citations, like just unassailable truth here, you guys. So go check that out. TLAvagabond.substack.com and help all the work that is going on there. You know, it's pretty awesome. If you guys haven't checked out the last American Vagabond Substack quite yet, please, please, please go check it out because it's really exciting stuff. Speaking of the last American Vagabond Substack, uh, I want to bring in my guest here. So this is Misho Milosevic. Did I pronounce that correctly, Misho? Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Where is he? There he is. What's up, Misho? Hey, buddy. Yeah, you got it. Right. You got it right. Okay, cool. Right on. So I met you through the T-Lab Substack page, ironically. So uh, one of the things that we're offering to people through there is, uh, you know, subscribers at any level get a chance to join like the roundtable discussion, which we're going we're gonna to try and host a couple times a month. Um, and uh, as a part of that, you know, it's basically just a, we're trying to bring people together as a community Intel, Intel, Intel exchange, you know, if you got information, like let's share it with the community. And uh, you came on to the very first one. And you were just dropping bombs on us. And I was like, wow, you are really putting in the work to offer solutions to what's going on here. You know, and I really, really like to focus on solutions on this show as much as possible. So I'm really excited to get into it here. So um, I guess, Misha, let's let's start with uh, maybe just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got kind of uh, activated to, um, you know, taking this information that's, you know, you, you get from all these sources and then getting into action. So tell us a little bit about your background. Okay, uh, so I guess uh, long, long story short, I guess uh, it all first started uh, way back in the 90s, just out of high school, 17, 18, 19 years old or whatever. I started seeing all the problems with the world and um, it, was, it, was, it was just, it was disconcerting to say the least. And I was just like, man, like what is going on with this planet? Like all these grownups and adults are just messing everything up. And like, we gotta, you know, we gotta make some changes, right? We need to, we, we need to, you know, shift things and whatnot. And uh, I started getting, uh, uh, really kind of uh, passionate about doing something about it as opposed to just complaining about it and just talking about it. So I used to always, uh, I started saying like, you know, it's, it's hilarious that this entire planet is full of uh, overgrown children is what I started to notice. I'm like, there's not many adults alive, right? You know, a, being an adult is not an age, it's a maturity level, right? So it's, it's based on how mature you are. So I just saw just a bunch of adults. Well, grownups that were just basically children. So overgrown children, I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I wanted to start something, uh, I want. I was turning, uh, uh, calling the One World Tour. Mm -hmm. And it's basically where I started coming up with this plan and I started writing all these ideas about how we could shift the world and, you know, you know, from the entire governmental structure to the socioeconomic structure to, you know, um, industry and all that stuff and education and like what we can do to fix things. And I'm like, okay, we got to We got to make some, we got to make some steps here. And I started to uh, put together what I wanted to turn into what I was going to call the one world tour. It was going to be like, uh, like a, a global uh, expo, basically, like, you know, the science expo, right? The internationally mm -hmm. traveling expo or whatever. And something like that in mixed with Woodstock, right? So bring in a lot of celebrities, bands, people that have, you know, their, the, the, their heart in the right place that want good change or whatever. And I just kept on coming into roadblocks with getting past the agents of the celebrities and like bigger, you know, thought leaders and stuff like that. And uh, it's it basically after a couple of years of really trying to get that off the ground, I just kind of wore myself out. I had things to do in life and then I just kind of dropped it. Fast forward 20 years, 
COVID hits. <laughs> so COVID was just like a maelstrom of like complete dismantling of everything we thought was, you know, uh, a, a normal life. And so when things just started to hit the fan, when shit hit the fan, I basically hit, got to the point where I'm like, okay, got to revive this. You know, I'm 20 years late, but better late than never. So at that point in time, I started pulling up um, some old files and things like that from, from the archives of what I had back then. And I decided I needed to at least um, create some kind of a platform, right? So I was like, okay, I've got to gotta create some hub somewhere for people to go. I'm not going to do the whole one world tour. I'm just got to... I got to build out this, these ideas and solutions and let people know. So I started off with the website and that's where I kind of put together this website. I started, uh, you know, building up all the pages that, you know, kind of explained what I was kind of getting into the voting platform, the uh, databasing system and all this stuff like that. So I started to put it all together. Um, and actually right now, as we speak, I just started the last few days. I'm actually uh, building out uh, a forum, uh, a cool. discussion forum. That's going to be on the website and hopefully that'll be up in the next couple of weeks. And uh, so it's going to be like kind of like the rudimentary kind of place where we all start to have those conversations. Right. The voting platform is what we need. But uh, and it, I call it a voting platform, but it's so much more than that. And we'll get into it, of course. But um, that's where I got started. Right. So I'm like, well, we got we have to start somewhere and have these discussions and maybe kind of merge it or move it into this this other platform eventually. So, yeah, that's how I got started. And that's where I'm at. Perfect, man. I love it. So uh, if you guys go to so solutionsforhumanity.com and that's the number four. OK, so we're going to pull it up here real quick just so we kind of have a framework for what we're talking about here. But you've done a great job of. Uh, so awesome landing page, by the way, I'm like, I was just discussing, I need to, I need to get a landing page, man. I need to get that, my landing page game on point, man. So anyway, it's a very awesome presentable website you have here. And, uh, it's just several different pillars of what you're trying to present. And so the other day when you were breaking it down for Ryan and I, which was awesome because you joined the, uh, the, uh, Q and a with Ryan the other day too, and you were able to break it down for us. And I really liked how you start, where you started off with it about the, uh, the, what was it? The love movement. What is that? Right. Uh, yeah. The yeah, love actually, movement. Yeah. Tell us, let's start there. Let's tell us about, tell us about your well, vision you, of the love. Yeah, movement. If you did scroll down just past that, uh, okay. there was a, uh, there was a oh, button okay. for the love movement. It's just a landing page for it. But basically, um, so me and my wifey, we, uh, basically, uh, started seeing all this COVID stuff happening and like, we were just like, okay. So at first, you know, to be perfectly honest, when COVID first, first, uh, got up, got, you know, hit, hit the ground, you know, I was like, what's going on? I was concerned, all that stuff. I started even posting things about, you know, the dangers, you know, everybody worry. And then I started, you know, like, cause I'm, I'm, uh, I've always been a researcher, like my whole life. Like I've researched science, like mostly physics, yeah. cosmology, those, those types of things, but I'm a researcher. So I, I ended up uh, do, starting to get into this whole research and I started looking into things and it didn't take more than like just a, a month or two before I was like, wait a minute, something's up, right? Uh, this, this isn't going right. Like uh, as soon as uh, they, they started, you know, uh, basically saying, you know, it's like, okay, you can't do anything, you know, 14 days to flatten the curve and we're just gonna, you know, lock everybody down and, you know, you, there's nothing we can do. And I was just like, uh, vitamins, exercise, yeah. Nutrition, 
<laughs> like, what do you mean? There's like, even if you wanted to get uh, into any kind of like, pharma, like somewhat pharmaceuticals, immuno boosters of like, it's, and, it's, it's, and then I started looking into things further and everything just kind of went off from there. And then the rallies all started, right? And I felt like, you know what, the, the division is just getting huge, right? The, the, the governments are just really dividing people. And I'm like, this is the opposite of what we actually need to do. So this is where I like was just like, you know what, we got to do something about this. We have to like stop people from hating on each other back and forth. What we need to do is actually unite the human race and the people of the human race. I don't care what side you're on. You yeah. know, we have to be bipartisan about this. This is about building a better world for all of us, not creating a divide between human beings. Right. And yes. uh, because I do. Uh, I, I, I find there's a lot of interesting topics you cover. Right. And uh, so uh, I do a lot in science, in spirituality, also uh, like ancient, uh, ancient, uh, ancient uh, mysteries and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, with the um, with the spirituality, I always I always uh, get deep on that. And I came up with this one quote that I wrote long time ago, years and years and years ago. And it was part of a, a, an essay, kind of like a dissertation that I wrote, describing and explaining that love, what we call love, is the driving force of existence. So I coined the term, love is the driving force of existence. And I didn't mean it as a euphemism. It wasn't a hyperbole. It was literal, factual love, whatever we call love. But the thing is, is it goes deeper than our surface understanding of I love you and you love me kind of thing, right? Um, but love is the driving force of existence. And I thought, what a good catchphrase for this movement. Love is the driving force of existence. So that's what we ended up doing. We uh, um, uh, ordered a bunch of T-shirts. We created and got this graphic design of this emblem, put the quote inside there. And then we ordered a bunch of shirts, got down to the rallies and started selling them. And I realized, you know, that's not enough. We can't 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 get far, far that way so i was just like okay well i gotta put this on a website so that's when you know building the website i put the love movement in there we started a facebook group we got a little over a thousand people in there now and uh so basically it was it was a movement to unite people that's what we were really after and to rem awesome. remind people remind people of what 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 life is really about right Life yeah. is about love we have between each other, right? It's all about bringing people together. It's it's about reminding people what humanity is, what life is, and getting past those 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 divisive and divisions that are just at the surface, right? All of this is at the surface, right? Our division is at the surface of our lives. What really comes down to the heart and core of us is, is that we care about each other. Like what, what depends on how far your care goes. Everyone has some care for friends or family, right? Their, their, their loved ones. And some people care about their communities. Some people care about their teams. Some people care about their, the, their, their colleagues. And some people care about their entire state, their country. And some people care about the whole world, but people care, right? And that's yeah. what this is about. It's reminding, of, reminding everybody that we really do care. And yeah. getting past those div divisions and just being like, hey, hold on, wait a minute. We all want a better life. We all want a better standard of living. So what are we squabbling about these surface, you know, division problems? And just so that was the whole reason behind getting into that love movement. That's awesome. So, yeah, people go check it out and go sign up, you know. So it sounds like he's building a community around that. And that's the biggest thing we could be doing right now is forming communities around, you know, common interests, common goals, 
Um, any, any, and we can be involved in multiple communities. I'm involved in a whole bunch of them, you know, but we don't have to be yeah. like, be like attached to one singular community, you know? And so then the overlap and we're emissaries to each community that we're in and we bring the tribes together, you know, that's where the real magic happens. So I think it's so funny because in your story, when you're talking about how like this journey kind of led or was start, started off to a certain degree by making t-shirts like, Hey, let's affect change in the world by making t-shirts. Like that was exactly when co right after COVID hit myself and my buddy, Ed, we were like, Hey, like, how, how do we get the word out that this is all just a big psyop and that we're all going to be like, you know, if we let this keep going, we're all going to be in pods like the matrix. We're going to be in matrix pods by the end of this. You know what I mean? If we don't hold the line here. So uh, our idea initially was to make T-shirts like let's 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 make T-shirts. Right. And so that evolved into, well, let's start a podcast. And uh, that evolved into, you know, you know, one thing led to another. And so it's just like it's been a crazy journey that all started with the idea of making T-shirts. And I also think it's really interesting too how you know, you make such a good point is that like so many people on both sides of this feel like they're just doing the right thing. Like even like the freaking like Antifa people burning down courthouses, like they firmly, I mean, a lot of them maybe disputably, but some of them, you know, maybe to like the useful idiot degree or like, you know, they're being co-opted and they're, they're, they're being their, their emotions and their fears are being hijacked to, right. to get them activated to do bad. But in their hearts, they think they're doing the right thing. They think that they're fighting like, literal Nazis, you know what I mean? Like, and so it's sad. And some of these people, I was just talking to a friend before this, some of the people at the very top, some of the people that are rolling out these things are, you know, they, th they're compartmentalized and they think that they're carrying out the right thing. They think that they're doing the right thing by forming these like universal MRNA va vaccines and stuff like that. Like they think they're carrying out the right thing, but really it's self-serving. There's a lot of greed and they, and they think that they're gods and they think that they can just swoop in and fix all the world's problems with their little injections and stuff. And it causes, but they're not willing to look at all of the harm that's being caused, you know, because they, they're so blinded by, they think that they're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very blinded. And, and like you said, compartmentalized. And that's one of the actual, that's, yeah. uh, that's one of the things. Uh, phrases I used to say a lot too over over decades is that one of the issues with the human race is that it becomes more and more compartmentalized, right? Whether we're talking about the sciences or professions, but then ideologies and philosophies, you start becoming compartmentalized and people just narrow into such a small space in, in their mind, in their mental way of thinking about things that they just don't see anything outside of it. And it's just like, whoa, 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 you know, you realize this affects so many other things. <laughs> there, yeah. There's a cascading effect right here so and people don't see it so and and uh, you know like to, to 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 your point like i think so many people do see do in their heart of hearts want something better and yeah like yeah. even like antifa and whatnot like i mean sure enough they're they're you know they're they're doing things they shouldn't be doing because i mean like vandalizing and uh you know damaging property and whatnot it's like obviously not the right thing to do the thing is they're angry and they're angry for some reason and the thing is, is there are ways, there are ways to bring the human race together and end all that. Mm -hmm. There's a, there, there's a place where we can all live, where no one feels angry or in anguish and, 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 and feels like they have to go to those lengths to be heard. Yeah. To feel like you know, someone give a shit for, for fuck's sakes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, right on, man. Okay. Well, let's get into some of this stuff here. So, so one of the things that we didn't talk about at the Q and a the other day was this, uh, like, I love your infographics. You do a great job of encapsulating your ideas with these, uh, infographics. So let's start over here. If that's all right. So this is under the tab, uh, a better system. So you have some videos that lead up to kind of introducing some of these ideas, but I love 
I love this right here. It just looks amazing. So tell break break this down for me. This is for those that are just listening, you guys. If you go to solutionsforhumanity.com forward slash better dash system, you can or click the better system tab at the top. You can follow along. But uh yeah, man, like this is great. Walk us through this yeah. a little bit. Okay, so basically the idea here was um, in order for us as a, as, as a human race, as a collective to uh, functionally uh, create some kind of a system where we can operate independent of any, you know, centralized authority that literally dictates, you know, we're doing this, we're doing that, you know, like it telling us what all our laws are and how we're going to run industries and, you know, all, you know, like, you know, we're coming into like food supply shortages, energy shortages. I mean, we could avoid all of that with systems like this, right? So the idea here is that we have five major database systems that all synchronize with each other. And as you see with the start here uh, position, that's on your consumption and needs. So first and foremost, what's the biggest, what's the biggest point that we need to, we need to cover for the human race? We consume, we have mm -hmm. consumption. We have our consumption and then we have our needs and needs obviously sometimes go on over top of the consumption, right? Because every, we can, we all consume food and, and other products, whatnot, but then there's needs we have. And oftentimes there's so many needs that aren't being met. So we can figure out what our consumption is based on inventory tracking, product uh, sales and, uh, you know, logistics that, that we can already database easy needs is another thing. So I might, I might be consuming what I'm consuming and we can build a database based on that collectively as a community and as a whole, but mine might need a new bed mattress, but no one's going to know that. So we'd need a system that allows um, individual input into the system on, on, on top of consumption towards the needs. Now, once we actually have a full uh, construct and concept of what we're consuming and on top of that, what do people actually need on top of their, our, our day-to-day -day consumption? we then have a resource database. So that leads into this resource database. The resource database, of course, I'm just, I broke it down as organic liquid, mineral and energy, but of course we could stratify it in so many different ways. And of course it would be um, in order to, uh, in order to work with the synchronization of the database above it and the one below it. So the resources obviously is just cataloging what we actually have as far as resources are concerned, right? And how can we use those resources to fulfill the consumption and needs, right? So we have our consumption and needs. Now we have the resources that need to fulfill the consumption and needs. So based on our consumption and needs and the resources we have in play, that now synchronizes and put, uh, uh, puts that information and data into the industry, business, and employment database. Industries, obviously, um, listing them all out, categorizing them and organizing them that though each industry has multiple businesses and each business has multiple employees. So based on our consumption and needs, we have certain resources and then we need the industry business and employment to fulfill on those consumption and needs using the resources. So now we have that um, partial synchronization between these three uh, databases where we now get into the position where we can actually produce and create and move industries and businesses and then employment. So first our industry has to follow where and how do we best use our resources to fulfill consumption and needs. So for instance, like we need to get rid of things like planned obsolescence, right? Mm -hmm. We should also be moving industry towards recyclability. Like we should literally just 
completely boycott all materials that we can't recycle. If we can't recycle it, get rid of it. And little by little, right? This is like a shifting, right? Like phase one, two, three, as you start to phase out all the unrecyclable materials and the industry and industries need to be kind of shifting towards that. And we deal with that through engineering and then engineering moves into manufacturing. And of course, then we need the businesses that are going to follow within the those needs of the industries based on the resources, consumption and needs. And the businesses will be built based on that. And then, of course, we need empl employees to fulfill the needs of the business and industries. Now, if we have any shortages within employment, that's where we fun funnel things into the education database. So we as as we start to shift as a whole, as a as a human race, as a society, as, as a civilization, we start to make these shifts based on just fulfilling our consumption and needs. That's what we want to do. We don't want to be left shorthanded and empty handed. We want to just basically fulfill the needs of human, the, each individual. So using the resources, we try to make things as recyclable as possible. We try to re-engineer and get rid of planned obsolescence so that things actually um, last as long as possible. So like maybe I just need a new TV and we can make a TV last for a hundred years. That doesn't mean I'm hanging on to the TV for a hundred years. But the fact is, is that because we, um, so yeah, I don't need, I, I don't need to uh, hang on to that TV for a hundred years because now we've made things recyclable. We've re-engineered uh, TVs and all products to be kind of recyclable. And so since we manufacture them and engineer them for recyclability, five years, 10 years down the road, when better technologies and better 4K TVs come out there, five, 6K TVs come out, I take in my TV, it goes, gets recycled, I go get my new TV, right? But now we're not creating a lot of more waste. We're literally uh, taking that into the recycling and that goes into the process of creating another TV. So if at any point in time, we start having any shortages in any kind of employment based on the shifting industry business, uh, we move that into education. Then we actually know well, what, what, what the upcoming uh, students and, 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 uh, and the young youth that are growing up, what do we really need the most? What does human society need the most? And then we start to educate in those, in, in those, um, in those areas. And, and in, in those subjects, right? So then you move into education. So consumption and needs leads to the resources we need to use, which leads to industry, business, and employment. We're gonna utilize to use the resources to fulfill the consumption and needs. And any shortages in employment filters into the education where we kind of shift education going, you know what? <laughs> we have plenty of people in these industries. We have a severe shortage in these areas. We really need to get people more educated here, right? Mm -hmm. So then we start to literally promote those forms of education so that we can fulfill, right? Mm -hmm. And last but not least is the stewardship. Uh, stewardship is obviously what it first means is to just basically, there would be a full industry. One of the industries in, in planet Earth would be stewardship. We need to start cleaning things up. We need to clean up the water. We need to clean up the land. We need to clean up the air. And that would be part of the stewardship. But the other part of the stewardship uh, database is actually to uh, kind of babysit and look after the other four databases, keep them in line with each other. It's stewarding the other four databases. And so like I kind of say here on those six steps, right? 
Every database feeds into every database. We synchronize the data, we determine requirements, we fill the shortages, we deploy an action plan, and then we evaluate through the stewardship, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the basic premise of all five databases working in synchronization and the stewardship will then feed back into all the others and kind of look for loose ends or um, uh, anything that's kind of missing between any of the databases where, where there's like lacking or deficiencies. So looking for yeah. the deficiencies through the stewardship database. Man, this is, this, this, is, this is amazing. I mean, I love it. I love it. So there's so many things here I want to, I want to talk about just real quick. And it's like, so first of all, it's like, um, you know, this is, so we're building this new world, right? We're all we're, like my vision of where this is all headed is like, you know, the current system is dying. It's failing in every level, you know, and it's just like, whether it's orchestrated or not, you know, I, I have reason to believe that like, you know, a lot of this is intentional. Like uh, they're really deliberately trying to crash and burn this system that we're currently in. And so eventually we're going to need something to replace what's going on. And it seems like this is like a great, you know, framework for a solution you know it's like mm -hmm. nowadays it's like they they are they've weaponized scarcity like they're using scarcity as a means to control populations you know that's that's in their writings right. that's, that's what they do and so this system you know assumes that the people in charge have the best interest at heart and we actually want to fulfill supply lines we actually do want to you know feed the people we actually do want to provide uh sustainable like like you know products that last a long time like that's assuming that it's so insane you know so what long, i mean so long, so long as they're their their own personal interests at heart right? yes yes and so <laughs> so it's just it's, it's it's awesome that uh you know i would love a world where this is it but you know what i mean but i think like we're gonna have to like wait until the old system burns down before we're gonna implement anything well, like that. i'm just well, i'm just speculating but not well, necessarily well we could do this in our own little corner we could do this in our own little well corner. that's that's that's, that's yeah. another point that i make yeah it's exactly that, um, is that uh, like Buck, it's a quote by Buckminster Fuller? It yep. goes in, or uh, I'm going to paraphrase it if I can remember. But basically, like you know, uh, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't build a new system by tearing down the old. You just oh, geez, how does it go? But basically, you make you build you build a new you new build a new platform, make the old one obsolete. Basically, you know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's. And so, yeah, I love it, man. I think it's fantastic, you know, and then, you know, whenever we have these conversations, I could already hear people's heads exploding. And the joke I've been making is like, you know, they think we're like one step away from going to like glue our hands to some Picasso painting somewhere or something like that. It's like, no, you guys, like these are like legitimate no, things, you know? you know, not at all. I think it's fantastic. Now, one of the questions I have for you, and uh, so what, have you heard these conversations that have been happening lately about how these current, like this current regime is like talking about all these, uh, and this is like old school agenda 21 talk where, you know, I've heard like Rosa Corey talk about it quite a bit where it's like, you take every blade of grass and every tree and every single thing is going to be indexed and cataloged and have its own like IP address. And they're creating all these like securities exchanges in order to like create markets to trade all of these, you know what I mean? Like every blade of grass, every drop of water. Have you heard all about this sort of stuff? Like, like a little bit about it, but not, yeah. not, not in depth. But yeah. I've but, but it's heard. like, but then, like, so what we're talking about here kind of reminds me of that. But to, to me, like, what they're saying is very, it's very nefarious. And it's going to be used, their, their system is to remove our freedom. They are implementing that in order to make us less free, is what it comes down to. You right. Know? And, 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 yeah. and the premise behind this is to basically hijack the infrastructure and just to yeah. take take control, right? Like, we don't have yeah. to, like, when, when, when we make the old system obsolete, that doesn't mean we necessarily tear down every aspect of the yeah. old system. We just literally hijack it based on our ability to collectively unite. Mm -hmm. And when mm -hmm. we can collectively unite, uh, whatever we, because like, like 
we are the the people that create this 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 working society. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, there's and supply issues. Why? Because they're creating the shipping and supply issues, right? Yes. Um, but at the same time, if we had a system or a platform that allowed us to have the uh, the control of the 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 logistics of shipping, mm -hmm. then they couldn't actually tear down our supply chains. Yep. Because I mean, there's there's the ships, there's the truckers, there's the uh, uh, warehouses. You know, there's the manufacturers, there's the engineers. There's like, but who who's who's running all of this? We the people. Yep. We the people are are the 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 managers and the employees and right down to the janitors of all these facilities and all these places, right? Like we are the ones, you know, driving the ships. Uh, we are the ones, you know, loading and unloading them. We are the ones, you know, packing trains and trucks and unloading trucks and packing trucks. It's us doing it. But then they somehow assume the control of all of it. This option, the, what I'm trying to build is literally how we take the control of that, right? We yeah. take control of that supply chain. We yeah. don't leave it in their hands. They have no control to start and stop anything. It's yeah. now in our hands through a system that allows us to collectively uh, come together, collaborate, and then use a system that allows us to automate our needs. And then yeah. they can say whatever they want. And we're like, we're still going to fulfill on our supply chain. <laughs> exactly. And and that's one of the things I talk about a lot is like, as we're building our own little private communities or whatever, like, like our communities, like we're going to need this model of supply chain. And, and it's like, it's like, as if you're running your own business, like, you know what I mean? Like if you're going to run a business, you need to have inventory. You need to have like, you know, contacts with vendors and stuff. It's like, this seems like a very practical model. If we were actually trying to run society, like a functional business or something that would actually serve the people. So it's awesome. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and, and then this and then this way, we actually are all on the same team, all part of the same company, all part of the same business. The yeah. business just happens to be named the human race. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. We're OK, all, so we're all on the same team. Exactly. I wish we could just get back to that, man. We're all just on the same yeah. team. All right. Let's talk about your voting platform. This is a big this was the big one that really caught my attention the other day or what it was a couple weeks ago at the uh, roundtable. So you have a vision for a new system that would uh, allow people pretty much put the hands, put the power back in the hands of the people. So what, what's like your right. overview of this? Well, and then so we'll get into the details. Is, yeah. So the overview is that basically this is a platform that allows uh, everyone collectively to organize our, our discussions and, and all our concerns into one hub that also allows us to filter through everything in an intelligent way and not have those, you know, like, like Twitter verses where everything's just like, you know, this gargantuan, you know, mess of like conversations. Mm -hmm. This would be focused, organized, structured in a way that literally allows us to get into voting specifically for every single individual concern we have as human beings. So whether that be federal, state, county, or whatnot, right? So, and for other countries, whichever way they organize themselves, um, everyone will be able to use the platform like this to bring themselves into a position where we can literally communicate amongst each other, have the discussions that we need to have regarding our needs, regarding what's happening, regarding our societal issues, regarding the laws, and when we can come up with decisions, we can have the debates. We don't need to wait for Congress, Senate, Parliament, or what, what have you. 
to have these discussions behind closed doors and then make decisions for us. We can use a platform like this to have those discussions amongst ourselves. So instead of having a, a Congress or a Senate or a parliament of a, of a few hundred to a few thousand people that make all the decisions, this is a system and a network that allows the entire population, whoever wants to get involved, to get involved. So, you know, if, if the U.S. has a population of about 330 million people, it's not to say that everybody wants to get involved. But instead of having, you know, a Congress of, you know, a few hundred make all those all these decisions and and senators and whatnot and governors, then you have maybe 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 million people getting into this conversation and their input is making the decision. So it's it's collect it's 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 a collective decision making platform. And one one uh, scientific uh, a few actually a few scientific studies that actually prove that this is the best way to go. You just the, the 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 issue here is that we needed a platform to get a lot of people's input and not make it a mess, right? So mm. it has to be very highly organized and structured. Otherwise, it just turns into a mess. So, but uh, like those scientific studies show that like there are studies where you know if you have like like simple example uh, was like, you know, a jar full of beans and get any individual to guess how many beans are in this jar. And the thing is, is after a hundred, after a hundred people guess, no one got it right. But if you take the average of the hundred people, they got closer to the actual value than any individual one person did. And the if wisdom you of the, thousand, that's the wisdom of the crowd, right? That whole, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so when you when you and when you expand that expand that to a thousand or ten thousand, it turns out that the accuracy just got better and better. And they did this with all kinds of different examples, not just beans in a jar, or the weights of cows, but they also did it with other forms of decisions, even scientific inquiries and debates. And then they started asking people, well, what's the correct answer in this scientific methodology? And it turns out that the more people you get involved, the more accurate the answer was when you average it out. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so the more people, the more input, the better, the better output you're going to get basically for this. So right. yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. So on the website here, let me pull it back up. So it says, it talks about how, um, how it works. So the idea being, it's basically an app or some sort of like centralized location where all of this can occur, but basically right. this is, this is your solution here. So it says, uh, well, you want to read this to us here and explain it like the first, yeah, second, yeah. third, first, first. yeah. In order for a real democracy to flourish, the people must be in charge of the decision-making process. Yep. Second, the people need to be informed. Third, there must be open, inclusive, respectful discussion and debate. And finally, the entire system must be 100% secure. So Perfect. in order to achieve that, the app, which this would, this would be looking like a mobile app that everyone can get on their uh, mobile device, First of all, it's direct democracy voting. We vote for issues and laws, not for parties. This is technically the end of voting for someone else to make all the decisions for us. We literally yeah. vote directly for the issues and the laws themselves, not for any party that's going to represent our decisions. That's exactly it, man. That's the whole crux of it all right there. Like when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, kind of a light bulb went on. I mean, this this is, uh, I mean, this is, I mean, have you talked to, uh, or maybe I don't know what your personal beliefs are, but like any sort of like, anarcho-capitalist like anarchist libertarian type people like like it's like hey this is right along 
in line with the philosophy of like no masters, no slaves. Like there's no, you know what I mean? Like it puts all that right. puts back on the issue. Yeah, now, like, now, yeah. now it's just me and you collaborating. Me yeah. and you are just working together. You know, you, you need things. I need things. We're just going to work together. To, uh, you know what, what I can build on my, by myself can't, 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 um, uh, what, what I want to build by myself cannot compete with what we can build together. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to build myself a house and you wanted to build yourself a house and we just go each on our own place on our own plot and I do the best I can to build myself a house, you do the best you can to build yourself a house. Well, we're going to have some pretty half-ass houses, but if me and you partner up and build your house and then build my house, well, each of our houses is going to be better. And so this is what, how this works, right? Like we're actually mm-hmm. just collaborating. We're just partners working together. We all just, we all live on planet earth. We all have this finite system we exist in and we're going to work together to um, improve each other's lives. And that's the basic premise, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if you wanted to move on. With yeah, that. let's do it. Let's what do it. Let's do it. All right. So now we're on to the decision-making platform flowchart Once again, Epic flowchart. <laughs> so walk us through this, man. Okay. So the basic idea here is once again, so the platform actually, so quickly, if you just want to just scroll down to the, dis- yes. the just where it just says, that part where it just has discussions, deliberations, and voting, right? Okay. So it's three platforms in one. So when we get back to the infographic, you understand this is separated into three separate separate uh, divisions, right? You have a discussions platform, which is broad and all-inclusive. Everyone's included in it uh, that wants to get into these big discussions. And this is where we kind of actually really discover what our major concerns are, right? And once we figure out what our major concerns are, well, the major concerns get filtered into deliberations. And of course, there's going to be less deliberations than there are discussions. Discussions are broad and everything included. Deliberations are okay. We're only taking the high, high priority and critical factors into deliberations so we can, you know, start to refine what it is that we actually are concerned with, what needs to be resolved, what are the ideas for resolving it, how would we go about this. Uh, how would we start to come up with any solutions? Who's for it? Who's against it? Why on each side? And when we get to a final, um, uh, you know, a cohesive idea there, then deliberations then move into the voting, right? So, and then I guess we go back up to the cool. infographic and, and it can help explain this. So, so we, the people, start discussions. Those discussions could obviously be organized in all form, uh, other, all, all, organized in all kinds of ways, right? Whether we talk about categories, regions, the priority of these discussions, and of course, any other form of organization that we want to come up with. As we have all these discussions within the different um, cat organizational structures, we then refine them at, through the discussion because there's so much more to get into, but I, I, it's, it's kind of almost too much for a sure. <laughs> quick discussion on this. But like the yeah. way that this would actually operate to to filter out discussionary measures and then even uh, bring together uh, discussions that are similar, right? So it's like as mm-hmm. opposed to having, you know, 14 discussions that are literally all talking about the same thing, but they're all in different places. This would kind of like uh, put them all together and, you know, it starts to merge discussions that are talking about the same thing. So we don't end up with a bunch of similar discussions happening in a bunch of, you know, isolated areas. So that's part of the refining process, right? Mm -hmm. And as we refine these discussions and they start to come to kind of some form of fruition, 
then we start to deliver, then we can kind of bring it into that deliberation area where we now deliberate the pros and the cons. We can refine things down to a single issue and things that we can vote. Or sometimes in some cases, something we're having a deliberation on, we realize was, you know what? There are two fundamentally different things that we need to decide here. And so that, that deliberation turns into uh, one issue here and one issue there so that we realize that a single deliberation has to be split up into multiple votes. So then that brings us down, once we have all those things refined, like I was describing earlier, that's when we take things into the actual voting platform finally, right? Mm -hmm. And in the voting platform, this is where we take this to the broad, uh, broad public. So whether you were part of the discussions or the deliberations or not, this is where the voting platform now, uh, in, we go through the first step of the introduction. So everybody that has the app, and hopefully this would be everybody, so if everybody has the app, then this introduces the vote. So after we've done the discussions, we've done the deliberations, we refined it into a single vote with the pros and cons, the fors and against, all the information that goes for, all the information that goes against. Now we have a massive introduction to the, to, to the overall public. This is where everyone gets a notification. They can all look into it. And then we're asking people for a survey. So that's our second step. So first we introduce to everybody, give everybody time to digest it, absorb it, read it, look through it. And then we give everybody a survey. We start asking the whole population the questions um, based on what the vote is on. And then we take those survey results and we go into a deep dive. That's uh, step three. And we take a deep dive based on the survey results from people's input. That deep dive will lead to a refinement because now that we have all this information from the masses, from based on the survey, we can start to refine if there's any details or things we missed or overlooked, and we can refine the particular vote, we can refine the particular for and against arguments, we could add or exclude or remove certain types of arguments or information on either side based on vetting, right? So that's part of that deep dive is vetting information and whatnot, and that's the refinement process. And after we refine it all, we come up with any last and final resolutions that we might want to do. And after we've done the resolutions, that now takes everybody to the final vote. And now this is where literally after the introduction, survey, deep dive, refinement, resolutions, now the, now the app prompts people to vote. And now people make a vote and that's it. And that final vote will lead us into an action plan. So once we have uh, action, uh, once we have a final vote, we have a decision that has to lead to something being done. So that's the action plan. And then there's a little start here over the FAM, which is stands for family. So this is where the action plan starts. So as far as um, organizing how we construct uh, action plans, it starts with the importance and the priority of family. So th this this brings it back to the most important thing when we create an action plan is the people. Not the money, not the industries, not the businesses, not the governments, nothing else is more important than the people. So that's where the action plan starts with highest priority goes to the family. The family leads into the governance, then the finance, then the industries, then the business, the logistics, then we execute, and then we evaluate. So family, governance, finance, industry, business, logistics, execute that action plan, whatever the vote was for. And then after we've executed the action plan, we evaluate. 
And we take that evaluation back to we, the people, and go back to the process of discussing okay. the evaluation. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, man. It seems like uh, it's a very, I mean, it's utilizing, uh, you know, our technology available to us to like, really, we can make so much more information accessible to so many more people. And, and these discussions could be so much more concise and productive. You know, I mean, that's, that's like the secret to unlocking a lot of this stuff. So I'm, I'm curious. So what, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So instead of a bunch of people, you know, just hammering, hammering out arguments over Twitter or wherever else they, 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 you know, Reddit and whatever, and just having these discussions, we can actually take all these people and bring them into a place where we can actually do something about all the discussions, you know, instead of them just being open-ended loose, you know, arguments back and forth and people arguing about things, we could just go, you know what, let's, let's organize ourselves use what everyone's concerned about actually take it into a platform where we can get something done yeah as opposed to just you know like people just arguing aimlessly without anything happening exactly i mean that's like twitter's business model is just get people engaged angry arguing you know what i mean and clicking on more things and looking at more ads i mean that's that's their that's their business model so uh what where where did you pull from this stuff like i feel like there's a lot of uh like like this the, the the wheel of like the government finance industry business like I feel like you have some sort of background or some insight that, that helped you uh, aggregate this information into this. Like, what 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 was some of your inspirations for this? Um, that's hard to that's hard oh, to pinpoint. You just you just really yeah yeah. Uh, I, I like I said like I'm a lifelong learner and researcher, yeah. and so I I haven't uh, you know I, I've taken some college. I don't even I didn't even finish any of my degrees. I went into electronics engineering, but I, I ended up quitting before I got to the end of it. Um, and uh, I, I just read a lot. Like I've been That's reading awesome. my whole life. I, I, I used to spend hours and hours and hours in a library. I didn't even take the books out. I just go in there and just filter through books. And I, I read philosophy. I read, uh, you know, politics. I read science. I, I read all kinds of stuff. And actually, I think the best thing that could maybe explain how I come up with this. Uh, so in, in incorporating the fact that I just was reading incessantly for like the last 30 plus years um, is that I took one of those self-assessment tests mm-hmm. and you, you know, ask, answer all these, ask all these questions. And um, after I got through the, uh, the assessment, the assessment, one of the points in that assessment, just like kind of light bulb went off in my head. And I was just like, Holy shit. That's so me. He goes, basically it said your brain works like a natural systems analyst. You, you're, you're not, you're not a, you're not, uh, you're, you're not a systems analyst by, 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 by education. You just happen to be, your brain works like a systems analyst without being educated as one. That's how you work. That's how your brain operates. That's how you think. And I was just like, yeah, I always have broad, big picture views and I see all the parts and pieces and compartments and then I start to make the connections and then I start to see, oh, there's things that are missing. There's holes. And then I realize there's other parts that I wasn't aware of. And I bring it in and see how that fits. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just the way my mind works. That's awesome, man. And, and, you know, you can tell like a very systems analysis approach to it. So uh, right. last piece I want to get into here on this specific thing is the uh, blockchain. Oh, oh, actually two things, two Ooh. things. So let's talk about the blockchain aspect of it. And uh, I know that can be triggering to some people and some people know, think it's the most beautiful thing ever, but, but explain your, uh, your vision for this. Cause I think, I think it's great. Yeah. I think like this is a true utilization of what that technology could really 
uh, be used for yeah. that really could be beneficial. So, yeah. So tools or technology are neither good or bad. It's exactly. just a matter of how you use it. Like you could even say that about money, like money yep. is the root of all evil. No, no, that just depends on how you spend your money. Like I, I, I know, uh, you know, Tony Robbins uh, probably doesn't spend his money all that horribly. And uh, he helps millions of people every single year. So I'm like, uh, it doesn't seem like all the billions of dollars in his bank account have corrupted him or, or yeah. making him evil. So it's just like, like everything else, everything is just a, every tool technology is depends on how we use it. So yep. when it comes to blockchain, blockchain's just a, a, a secure ledger, right? So if, if everyone understands the basic premise behind a blockchain, it's, it's a method where you can create secure information, right? You can secure information by uh, networking the entire uh, uh construct or, or or organizational framework of of data and all the data points amongst every single device that has it and that way it makes it virtually impossible to corrupt it because any one device can try to corrupt the data but once it checks all the other million devices and says well that one's off it, it scraps anything you change so the if there's a million people using one particular blockchain the only way a hacker can actually effectively hack the system and make it um and, and and actually change something and 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 corrupt the data is to hack all one million devices simultaneously and change all data points simultaneously on all million devices yeah so and that's impossible yeah totally <laughs> totally so i think it's a great so, way it's a great way to provide accountability and uh you know and 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 also just like you know what we're seeing today obviously the big discussions happening around uh you know uh, like election integrity or whatnot, you know, all the voting like right. being corrupted. And it's like, you know, if there were to be some implementation like this, like maybe there's at least some degree of check and balances. So anyway, that's literally why I, uh, that's why the whole blockchain infrastructure is, is, is broken down into four separate blockchains. So like we said, we have a three in one platform, but then we have a fourth blockchain. Mm -hmm. And even beyond that, there's different ways of constructing a blockchain, right? Like, you can uh, like the way you're going to actually code and put together a blockchain. So I do have a little bit of uh, background in this because so being having some electronics engineering background and then just being kind of a bit of a techie guy. And, you know, I build my own websites and all that stuff. Like I started a mobile app startup. So I'm actually just started a business that's, you know, want, wants to build mobile apps. My first app is actually in business productivity. It's cool. It's a business productivity app. So I have some background here. And then so what I was doing with the blockchain, there's different ways of constructing them. There's uh, whether you want it for speed. Right. So some blockchains take a lot of time to verify data points and they're slow and they're cumbersome. Now, you can't use that for messaging and chatting and all that stuff because it's just it's it's going to take a long time for you to verify a message and you know just make sure everything's all right and so there's different ways but they're less secure right mm -hmm. so if you, you you have to there's caveats right if you want more speed from a blockchain then you have to uh you have to uh you have to uh concede some of the security and so basically uh, on that level the discussions blockchain would be designed for speed right the deliberations blockchain would kind of be in the middle ground. It's kind of oh, like it wants cool. some speed, but wants more security. The voting platform is high priority of security where you don't really care how fast it is. 
So we want to really nail, narrow, nail it down and shut, shut the doors for any form of corruption and any form of, in, 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 even though it's hard, even, even in the discussions platform uh, and the fast blockchains, it's still difficult to actually corrupt data in blockchains, but technically possible to yeah. some small, small degrees. But when you take it through three different blockchains and each one consecutively, obviously, when we get to the voting, we just want security. That's our number one priority. And that's how that blockchain would be built. But then just to be, like I said, 100% secured on that top of the uh, on that page, we have the fourth blockchain. The only job mm -hmm. of this blockchain, once again, it's built for um, for security. It is not built for speed. Uh, that blockchain's only job is to uh, to to have the over oversight of the transfer of data points from one blockchain to the other. So it's it's uh, a chain of custody. Mm. Its only job is chain of custody of data points from discussions to deliberations, deliberations to voting. So it's looking for all data points moving from discussions to deliberations, and all data points moving from deliberations to voting. And all it's looking for is to uh, uh, uncorrupted uh, chains of custody. It has to maintain uncorrupted chains of custody, and that's its only job. And it's also built for security. At this point in time, building a blockchain this way through three different uh, blockchain structures, they're actually uh, utilizing what we need in, in each instance. And we're getting into that security on the third one. And then we're actually using a fourth blockchain to uh, to maintain chain of custody. It's just like there is no there is no messing around with the system. Yeah, I'd like amazing. to see. I'd like to see ten thousand of the best world's best hackers, you know, uh, even attempt to to you know mitigate or change one iota of of something that that would be built in a structure like this. It, it's wow. virtually impossible. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love that. Okay, cool. All right, so you, you guys, I want to definitely encourage you to check it out. So it's at the solutionsforhumanity.com website. That's number four humanity. But there's one more point on this I want to cover. Uh, but but there's so much more even on the website that I encourage everybody to go check out. But in the meantime, Actually, if, I can, if I can quickly, yeah, yeah, do this weighted voting and what's right underneath it. Okay, perfect. We can do that. Let's do it all. Do it quick. Yep, let's do it. Okay. So weighted voting. So so when it comes down to voting, um, when people make votes, uh, not everyone should have the same weight in a vote. And the reasons being is obviously uh, some people are affected by any particular vote more than others. And there's a lot of ways that we're going to work around that. We don't have the time to get into that. And that actually still has to be fleshed out with a with a coding team and a think tank team and all that stuff. But the basic premise behind this is that people, some people are affected by certain votes more than others. And obviously, uh, an easy example of that is if, say, some university wants to change something about the university, but it has to, you know, it's still not going to make that decision on its own. It has to take a vote. Do we want that change? Yes or no. Now, who's going to be affected by this? Obviously, the students and the staff at the university are definitely affected. The people um, uh, uh, applying to come to the university are going to uh, be affected about it. But then what about people that live in the surrounding area? Are they affected by this or not? Now, if, if, if we're going to use tax dollars from the state, then I guess, well, everyone in the state has to have some weight to whether this goes through or not, depending on how much tax dollars it has to take out of everyone's pocket. But of course, the weight of there, like if it costs 13 cents by, for everybody, you know, collectively, well, how much weight do they really have? 
in that decision when it really affects the students and the staff that are going there. Obviously, they have more weight. So that's how that works, right? So mm -hmm. that's just one small example. But of course, uh, the effect ratio will take votes from, you know, having 0, 0.0 to 1.0 in your weight, right? So if you're not affected, you can't even vote. If something doesn't affect you whatsoever, you don't have a vote. It's, well, you can go ahead and vote, but your the weight of your vote is 0, 0.0. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's a revolution. It's a revolutionary concept. You know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah. And then it really gets into some fundamental, like philosophical discussions. I mean, I think it's, it's great. I mean, like if I'm, if I'm a business owner and I'm like, you know, versus someone who just like, you know, homeless, like maybe just like living off of handouts and stuff like, like, is there a difference in like how they should be able to vote? Like, I mean, I think these are legitimate right. conversations exactly. to have. Right. Exactly. So, uh, and, and that, that would play into it in with every different form of vote that we're taking, you know, and if we're making business decisions in law or, or legislation, then obviously the homeless person doesn't have much say. Uh, but if we're making a decision on whether we're going to expand our, you know, uh, welfare program, then obviously the homeless person has a little more weight, yeah, like yeah. So it, 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 they, they counterbalance each other. Right. And then the knowledge aspect of it is basically where, you know, so people with knowledge and expertise. So you might have zero weight on your vote because you're not affected by it, but your knowledge and expertise can be proven, can be, can be uh, readily shown, right? That you have knowledge and expertise on any particular area where a vote's going to be taken. And if you, you know, you'd prove, you'd show this and prove this to the system and the system would then give you a certain weight into the vote based on your knowledge and expertise. So the two ways you can change the weight of your vote is the effect ratio and your knowledge, right? Yep, yep. So that's weighted voting. Okay, okay. so let's see here. I'm getting echo, wait, no, no, there we go, there we go. I was getting weird feedback, but now we're good, we're good. Um, Cool, all right, uh, well, let's do this last one. Let's do this last aspect here real quick. So representative democracy, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so hit it. Then this, this, this is the other cool part because in, in in any real society, the reason we even have actual representative democracy, where you know we, you know, basically elect other people and vote them in to you know kind of just you know make all the decisions for us, is because people just want to go about their day day to day lives, right? Not everybody's a politician or wants to get involved in politics and all that other good stuff. But the thing is, the problem with our current system is that we're living under a system where. You know, you live in a state and you might go red or blue and it's just like, well, then this governor, or that governor, Democratic or Republican is going to take charge of everyone's decision inside that state. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. that's, you know, you only got 51 percent of the vote. So 49 percent of the people disagree with what you're doing. And that that's just that's just not a good way to make a representative democracy. So. In this sense, so obviously every person, like it says there, one vote each. Every person gets one vote. And now you have the ability to pass your vote to, to someone else. But the great thing and the beautiful thing here is, is as opposed to the way we do it now, where we just vote for this guy or that guy, and then that guy, whoever wins, then makes the decisions for everybody. What With the way we're doing it here is... When you pass a vote, you can literally pass it to anybody you want. I could pass my vote to you, Scott. Yeah. I could pass it to mom or dad or grandma or aunt or uncle, cousin. I could pass it to some other thought leader that I, uh, you know, I could give it to Joe Rogan. I like the way Joe Rogan thinks or whatever, right? So the point is, is that anybody has the ability, because if I don't want to get involved in politics, but I like the way someone else thinks, 
I can get past my vote to them. They are now my representative. They represent my decisions. Now, the thing, great thing about a platform like this is that every time that person makes a vote on your behalf, you'll get a notification on the vote they made and the way they voted. Mm-hmm. Now, you can at any point in time, and so now you don't have to wait for the term of like some elected official to you know vote again. If you don't like the way they're voting or they start voting in a way that you don't like, you can just take your vote back at any point in time. Like at an instant, you're like, no, I'm taking my vote back. You don't get my vote anymore. Or if they still make the majority of votes the way you would like to, you still get a notification for every time they voted on anything. And you go, well, you know, out of 10 votes, there's one I didn't like the way you voted. Guess what? I flip my vote, only my one individual vote opposite from you, but you could still be my representative because I agree with the rest of them. So then now this literally puts the power back into the hands of the people and every individual actually gets to have a say and everyone's say does have some weight and authority. Wow, man. I love it, dude. So you've really, I mean, it's, this is really good stuff, man. And these are, again, like all, each one of these concepts are very broad overview, like, like just rebuilding, rebuilding broken institutions, man. And I'd really love your vision and love what you're doing. And I think it's just important to get this information out there, you know? Um, you know, it's yeah. all kind of centered around an app and you said you're an app developer. So what is the, uh, what's kind of the, the next steps here? Like, is this something that you and your team are working on or is this something you're just kind of in the, the foundational stages, but what's, what's your plan and how okay, can we help? So I think that's, and then that's the big, the big question as we wind down here is how can we help? Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, honestly, it is, it is foundational stages. My, my developers are working on a project that, um, that that's just part of my own just personal projects for the business productivity app. I don't have the money or the funding personally to uh, fund a, a, a gargantuan uh, undertaking like this. Um, so that's why I so I built that that website to just kind of like get the word out there on like the possibilities of building a system like this. Um, I, I put up there also humanities store at the end one of those tabs where I'm also selling shirts. And I have a donate button on the page. So there's a donate button right there in the top corner. Yep, but then there's there Humanity is. Store. Um, yeah, if you take a look there, this is where we have the, the shirts and the gear that uh, say the love. Love is the driving force of existence. That, so that's where we're using the love movement to, to, to basically um, raise money to build this. So all anything sold here, I don't take a dime. Like none, none, zero. Like all of it goes into an account and it is just to pay and raise the money to build a platform like this. So cool. obviously it's going to take a lot of money to do something like this. And until I have, until I have enough money to even churn to the next step, it just gets, it's just, it's building up in a bank account. You know, I, yeah. I have my own job, my own business and, you know, I live off of that. And this is just kind of extracurricular right now. Actually, I do put money into, you know, uh, doing what I've done here so far, right. My time, energy, and some money, you know, to put up the website, building this forum, it's going to cost money to run the forum and all that stuff that's coming out of my pocket. So, and I'm doing that until we, you know, kind of get things, get the ball rolling, start to build, build this movement further and uh, start to get enough money to at least, you know, break even on the costs for running it and then start, you know, banking to, to actually build up uh, uh, enough capital to actually start this project. And that's what we're, that's what we're really doing. And that's how people could help is uh, buying the gear, donating, whatever you want. Um, and then uh, as soon as I get the, that platform, the forum going, get involved, yeah. jump in, get in on the discussions. It's going to be like a very rudimentary um, uh, copycat of what the voting platform is supposed to be. 
And I'm going to try to get those discussions started on, on the different issues and laws and everything and how people vote and how we kind of moderate each other and ourselves into having mature formal discussions and bringing them into refinement and voting. Right. Mm -hmm. But of course it's going to be, it's going to be limited to what I can do with forum software. Yeah. Yeah. Right. At this point in time. So it's just kind of like that, that kind of break, break, break the shell open and kind of get people going, get people thinking this way, get people kind of uh, working in this direction. So yeah. Man, this is awesome. You should uh, you should join Richard Grove's autonomy course, man. One of these days, you know what I mean? You could get a whole team of people working on this eventually. But anyway, right on, dude. Well, man, this is so awesome. Thank you for – what's that? Send me a link to this autonomy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a whole thing. You got to do it's like It's like a class. Like it's like a course. You know, you got to pay for the whole course and everything. But it's like something I believe in. You know, I'm taking it right now. And I'm like, dude, this is amazing. Like, like your high-level ideas and vision. Like it's like – it's all about like bringing – other minds together and like then leveraging your ideas. It's just, it's a whole thing, dude. It's pretty badass. but yeah, I'll send you a link. It's cool stuff. But, uh, anyway, man, thank you so much. Michelle. I really appreciate you and your ambition. And it's just like, I feel the passion and, and everything. And then once you get the forum set up, send me a link, I'll share it on my telegram and just make sure that the people know about it. And, uh, as this moves forward, any new developments, anytime you need to come on and update us more than welcome, man, this is, I just love awesome. your passion for it. And we need more people like you out in the world, like actually taking action and presenting solutions. So thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks Scott. Thanks for having me on, man. Really appreciate that. My, a lot. my absolute pleasure. So you guys solutions, the number four humanity.com. There's a couple others out there, a couple posers out there, solutions for humanity.org.net, but the real one solutions for number four humanity.com. And uh, we're over at rebunk.news for all the links to everything. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in once again, much love. And we'll catch you next time. Peace.